I just wish someone can invent a, a lube that sperm likes. They said they like my cervical mucus. Hi, I'm Rosie and this is my wife Rose. Hi. And over the course of this podcast, we've been trying to have a baby. Trying. <laughs> if you're starting here, you're at the wrong end because this is the series finale. So go back to the start and join us on the journey. You're listening to Rose and Rosie Parental Guidance, a Spotify original podcast. Hi, welcome back. You're listening to Rose and Rosie PG, the season finale. The season finale. The season finale. Oh my God, the end of an era. Um, how do you feel about season one, babes? Oh my God. Uh, I don't think we could have predicted anything that's happened so far, could we? I thought we'd have a baby at the end. It's oh, really annoying. God, Where's it's... my baby? <laughs> well, do you know what? I think we have learned a lot. Yeah. I think we've only become closer and stronger as people Aww. and in our relationship, in our marriage. Oh, so do you think that? I'm grateful. Nah, not really. I'm <laughs> no, I am grateful for that, for sure. Yeah. And... Uh, well, it's nice, baby, seeing the positives. Yeah, of course. We've got to see the positives, haven't you? Because <laughs> otherwise, what else is yeah, there? where's my baby? Yeah, yeah where's yeah. my baby, yeah. you know? Um, how do you feel about it all? Um... I think it's been, I've really enjoyed doing the podcast. I've, so been, I've enjoyed telling everyone my intimate feelings. Vaginal um, details. Yeah, I'm about to get onto that. Actually. Oh, I'm so um, excited. I'm, so, I'm excited. Do you know, um, I do this with YouTube and I do this with a podcast. So I, I used to have an internal monologue and now what it is, is I'm either doing something or if I switch into my own head, I start presenting on podcast, on YouTube. I start talking to an audience, <laughs> which is like, I just automatically do it. And what annoys me is that's when my best stuff flows, right? Really? And then I get sit in front of the camera or the mic and I'm like, damn it, I said so much earlier. I've already said it. Like, I can't control it. I just, it's been nine years of this. Oh, wow. Not nine years the podcast but right i'm so used to telling everyone everything okay so tell us some stuff so i'm in a reflective mood so okay. let's look back upon the series right the season yeah <laughs> what, what you will yeah uh and uh let's look at some of the stuff we've been saying in different episodes where we were on our journey because it's we've done this over a long period of time we've okay been in very different places at the end to the beginning even though almost nothing's happened but at the same time loads of things <laughs> loads have happened. Has happened. right we've learned a lot um so yeah, why don't we take a look at some of the things we said and yeah, see if we still agree, see what we think about that. Okay, Rosie, I'm going to play you something that you said in episode one, which okay. was recorded in February 2020 and I was actually secretly pregnant. Yeah, no one knew. No Our one producer knew. knew but... Yeah, that's all. That's the only people that knew. Um, that's it. We started the podcast pregnant, didn't we? Yeah, we did. We were like, got this in the bag. So <laughs> I'm going to play this and let's see how you feel about it now. Okay. The way we're going to conceive isn't necessarily a good time either, and it's an expensive time, and it's you not see, guaranteed. Okay, well, <laughs> well, I was right about a lot of things. Oh, this is a case of Rosie being right. Oh, I'm enjoying myself. I hate that. Um, yeah, it is. Nothing is guaranteed, and it is expensive. I think the thing is, it's what scares me is um. There's an extra pressure with us trying to conceive, right? Because it's not just like, oh, the disappointment of not being pregnant, but it's, oh, it's more money every time. And there comes a point when you're like, right, uh, do I have that cash to right. throw at this right. and burn, essentially? If it Because if it doesn't happen... You, d you don't get anything, you know? And how do you feel about the fact that you said, you know, now's not a good time? You know, that was kind of like the beginning of the first pandemic wave yeah. here in the UK. It was before lockdown, February. It was before, we just before lockdown. Just before. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So what do you think about 
it being the right time kind of now. Is it the right time? Yeah, so now maybe I disagree because my, maybe I think there's no good time for anyone. Sure. There isn't. Because, I, de- I because agree. Because say, say, say some some people at home might be like, oh, you know, it's not a good time. You shouldn't be doing this during the pandemic. But, but we don't know how long it's going to go on for. So what if I put my fertility journey or your fertility journey on hold for, I don't know, a year, say, until we get a vaccine. <laughs> and then, yeah, you don't know how long a virus is going to be around. You don't know how long to the vaccine. And then like... You know what? What? What if we can't conceive by then? Or what if something's happened? Right. Or we get ill? Or what if we got COVID? You know, you. So, even though I think it sounds bad to be trying, I think there's no good time. I think I can't put, stop living my life. Did what you, am I supposed to do? Did you hear about that couple who had twins during the pandemic and they called them COVID and Corona? Yeah, I know. I I, I don't I get know. it because they they, they stole they our said, name. Yeah. <laughs> They said their reasoning was to take away the stigma of COVID, but that's you shouldn't take away the stigma. Some things are supposed to have a stigma. Right? Some things are bad. Like, right. you, no one's like, let's take away the stigma of the Black Plague. Like, <laughs> that's the plague. Like, I it's agree. bad. I agree. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Rose, I'm going to play you something you said in episode six. Okay. So how do you feel about this now? Okay. The one thing they've always said from the start of this baby journey was, don't put your child online there, Rose, will you? And I said, Mum, I will if I think that it will benefit other LGBT couples looking to start this process. Oh, my God. Um, I still partially agree. I think that, I, I honestly think that it's really important to show other LGBT couples, you know, how to go around this journey but I think my mind's changed a little bit when it comes to the amount that I would share online yeah I think certain things we discussed in certain episodes worried me actually yeah I think I'm not going to put any pressure on myself to to do anything because you don't know how you feel until you've actually got a baby in your arms and until you feel how like innocent and delicate that tiny little life you are as a mother you might think do you know what I've I've done a complete 180 I don't (laughs) actually want to share anything yeah you don't how can you predict it like I want to do it in hopes that it will benefit others, um, you know, all about the knowledge of how to go and navigate the process. But like when it comes to just like personal things, I guess, like about my child, I don't want to feel like I'm forced to whack everything online. Like, oh, my baby did this today. Oh my God, you know, congratulate me. You know, mm. I, I find that a little bit weird now. I don't know. It's weird because um, I used to think how lucky would a baby be of ours if we vlogged loads of its days. Right. And it could look back when it's older and be like, oh, like, cool what a nice day like a loving memory a happy family great like something um, not that I didn't have I'm just saying I didn't have a video of that of my life like we all wish we could remember we all have photos but not everyone has videos because we're old children of the 80s like me don't right but now I think people are like like grow up and say don't put me online without my consent but then you can't consent because you're a baby right the fact is is that if you're a baby the parents are the ones who make the decisions until until a certain age I don't know. Yeah. Definitely, definitely when my child... If my child ever said to me, do not put me online, I would not put it online. Never. I would never force my child to do anything. I just got to... I think we've got to wait and see. What do you think? I think we've just got to wait and see and just see, you know, if if we feel differently when it happens, if it happens, I hope when it happens. But um, I think that I'm more reluctant now to whack out loads of information because I think that... Mm, scary with it, information. It's, yeah, information's delicate, isn't it? Because mm. people, you know, cherry pick information and put things together and I wouldn't want to risk anything, I guess. I wouldn't want to risk my family's safety, I no, guess. No, of course not. I think that's the, the biggest issue for me now. Mm. So I think that I'm very, very happy documenting this journey for us and for other people. But when it comes to actually putting my child on YouTube, you know, oh, it's first steps or blah, blah, blah. Mm. I don't really feel... I don't think that's maybe what I want to do right now. Yeah, yeah. You've got to take your first steps before I put our child online. Taking no, I'm their trying. first steps. I know you're trying. You're not trying hard enough. 
Right, Rosie, I want to remind you of something you said in episode seven, and I want to see if your mind has changed. Are we raising our child in a homophobic, particularly homophobic area? Uh, and I guess the answer is I don't really know. Um, I saw plenty of rainbows when it was when the rainbows were associated with the NHS, <laughs> but I saw zero rainbows when it was Pride. Same. It's hard to say, I think, round here. I don't think you can necessarily brand it homophobic. No, I, just I don't. don't I just it. don't think it's as liberal and left thing is though like maybe they're not as liberal as like you and I and left as you and I but like if I went up to someone I I haven't really also haven't experienced anyone having a problem with me whereas I I I did in other homes I remember when we lived in a house and went to a shop and uh, the man in the shop next to our house was was really homophobic towards us it was scary I haven't been to the schools or anything because I don't have a child so it's like how will I know um the schools might be fantastic they might be really welcoming and Mm. accepting or they might not be it's very hard not to be though because like it's not that I worry about I I don't I don't worry about the schools or the education system as much I worry about the other parents in the area I think more than anything else but I don't know why I would worry about that if they've got a problem they've got a problem but surely other parents in the area someone either must have a gay family member yeah exactly Exactly. A, a case or, or, or you know maybe LGBT just, child maybe, themselves yeah maybe it's just our insecurities more than the actual reality we're living in do yeah. you know what I mean you would never know we might drop our kid off at school and like there might be like five other gay mums we're like okay oh, alright okay. competition alright um, excuse me sorry in fact I've seen a few <laughs> gay couples recently where walking through holding hands oh great I've seen a few so we're not the only ones <laughs> yeah we're not the only ones okay Rose here's something you said to me in episode one there was a, a test called a hycosy, which is when they put dye into your um, fallopian tubes to see if they're all clear, right? But would you go and have that test if you were just trying to naturally conceive with your husband? So then cynical me was thinking, is that just a money-making thing? Is the clinic trying to say, you know, you could have all these issues, you want to check them out first? Um, okay. I, <laughs> I think I still agree that mm. I don't want to have a hycosy at this stage. Yeah. Why do I think that? Because I only tried three times. And if you put that in kind of like... If and we, you got pregnant once. I got pregnant once. Maybe so twice if you can maybe, have a chemical. So one and a half times yeah. with zero baby. That's quite an achievement, isn't it? Yeah, that is. Wow. Um, that is quite an achievement. So actually, I'm doing very well, yeah. statistically. Um, I don't. I think it's definitely something that I would consider before moving on to maybe IVF. Really? Just, yeah, because it's not going to cost as much as IVF. <laughs> no, but it doesn't affect IVF at the same time. So say that you did a hycosy and it said, yeah, um, your fallopian tubes are blocked for some reason. You'd have to have IVF anyway? Because they, oh. they avoid the tubes and they just put it straight in the womb, the sperm and the egg. So, right. So it, avoid, it takes so the what, tubes okay. out, so there's no point. So what you're saying then is if I continue with IUI, it might be worth having a hycosis yes. if I continue with IUI as opposed to IUF. Uh, yeah, IUF, IVF. IVF. Yeah, okay. yeah. And, and apparently a friend said to me, apparently hycosis, after you've had them, you're more fertile. But then like, you know... Who do I believe, Who do though? you believe? We were having this conversation the other day. Every mm. nurse, every doctor... Contradicts. Every time says a different thing to us. Mm-hmm. I'm like, cool, cool, great. Another piece of valuable you, information. Yeah, how do you know what to do? <laughs> exactly. Right, Rosie, we're going to rewind back to episode one again. Um, you said something that I think is really interesting now. Uh, tell me what you think. Are you nervous to start the process? I'm not because I'm not going first. So, <laughs> no, you're doing all the hard work. Fingers crossed. Oh. <laughs> Can I just say, I did do the hard work. It's not you my did. fault that we didn't have a baby from it. No. Yeah, it's True. not your fault. I agree. True. Um, yeah. 
so this has kind of changed now, hasn't it? Because I'm now having a go at IUI. Right. Right now as we speak, I mean, I could be pregnant. Wow. But I don't know. It's too annoyingly early to know. It's so annoying that you have to wait two weeks. I mean, it's not that long when you think about creating a human child and changing your life forever. <laughs> um, but it's a long time when you think about two weeks and you just don't know. So... Rosie has... So now I'm doing the hard work. Yeah, Rosie's doing... Yeah, we've kind of swapped because I needed a bit of a break. Which is what a psychic said to us. She said you swap. <laughs> it's true. Um, and also, I used half the sperm. So I thought, okay, well, it's only yeah. fair for Rosie to use the other half, right? Yeah. Um, so Rosie, you you tried once. Yeah. And you didn't get pregnant. No, but I thought I was pregnant. Because I, I, I wasn't pregnant, but I was... I just... Things happened that I'm like, did I go mad or what, what happened? Because I was... So Starving hungry. I know. And I'm this type of person that I don't um I don't like eat breakfast. I don't get hungry in the morning. All I want is like a cup of tea or something and then like leave me alone. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, and that's I, so accurate. I was waking up and eating non-stop till the afternoon. I couldn't I couldn't stop. And I actually thought I felt sick if I didn't eat, which I was like, it's too early to feel sick, but why is this happening? And it was real hunger. Yeah, no, I, I kept know. saying to Rose, I'm hungry though. There's the point where you were like, don't eat that thing. And I got really <sighs> angry and upset with you because I was like, I'm hungry. No, and I was like, Rosie, I'm, I know that you're hungry, but just, can you just wait till, just try waiting till dinner and see if it su- yeah. like subsides. And you were like, was, wait till lunch. I just had breakfast. That was the wrong thing to say to Yeah, you. I got really upset. Yeah, no, I was did. like, how dare you tell me um, what to eat? So the disappointment was really real because we saw, I swear down, we saw a line yeah, on the pregnancy so test. I'm we gonna, did. Yeah, I'm not going to say I had a chemical pregnancy. What I think happened was, I think there was a problem with the test. So here's another thing yeah. that you can have. Welcome to the world of getting pregnant, trying to conceive in tests, right? So I followed this subreddit, um, yeah, thread on Reddit, and it's people post their pregnancy test lines and their line progression, right? right? So, like, the line gets darker. It starts off maybe weak. You don't have that much hormone, and as your hormone, your pregnancy hormone surges, it gets stronger. Mm. And, like, at the end of two weeks, I saw a very faint line. I saw it too. But you saw it too. I saw I, no, it. I don't believe I was pregnant. I think that sometimes you can have things like indent marks on the pregnancy test. Sometimes they're just faulty. Like, this is why yeah, you need I a doctor doing that. a blood test. I thought that originally when I took my first pregnancy test, uh-huh. and like, it was positive, and and you were like, Rose, you don't get a line unless it's positive. I was like, It does say Rosie. that on the packet. It says, even if it's a faint line, it yeah. says a line's a line. So we saw a line. I was yeah, like, and oh I was my convinced. God. I was yeah. like, right, she's pregnant. Oh my God, yeah. this is great. And then your your HCG, your pregnancy hormone, is meant to double every two days. Mm. So I was like, the next day it'll probably be a faint line. And then the next day after that, it should be a strong line. Mm. But like, no. And no. then I came on my period. But what, what was annoying was... I had no lines for ages. And then right at the end, I had a line. Day I got, 14, yeah. you had a line. And I was like, ah. Oh, and then it disappeared throughout the day and it was there for the first hour and I was like, oh, it's it's gone. I think it was just a mark on the... Oh, it sucks. The it was a real line, but like, I don't know. what I don't know, man. I was just... I was like, to God, why are you playing with me now? Because... I just, all the things we've been through. How was the insemination process for you without me? Because I oh. had to stay in the car. The roles have been reversed. Yeah. I took some sandwiches. You had Woody. I took Woody as a good luck charm. That yeah. didn't work, did it? Uh, <laughs> and uh, and yeah, there I was eating my crustless sandwiches. Yeah. How was? How did you feel being in the car? <laughs> what you going to say? How were your sandwiches? They how were, were they? really good. I hate Crustless sandwiches are. Honestly, good. I hated being in the car. On my own because I wanted to be that. I've never experienced you being inseminated. It sucks. The only time it has worked is when we were together. Right, we were together when Rose got pregnant. And um, so we're doing exactly the same thing Rose did. So IUI, same sperm, obviously. Um, just you go in and get inseminated. Different um, nurse. The first, yeah, different (laughs) nurses. And then the first time, um, 
Rose got inseminated and I was there. I actually vlogged it. Yeah. Um, Lol. Um, Lol. The first time we did that, you seemed to have a very comfortable experience. It seemed to, in my eyes, mm. just glide in. <laughs> you couldn't even... Did you feel it? Like... Um, the first time was very, very easy. The second yeah. time was horrendous. The third time was pleasurable. Um, <laughs> but for you, I think your first time really hurt. And my second it? time. And so, so you've got a very tight vagina. Humble yeah. brag. So it's not humble brag. It's, it's a humble brag. Basically, everyone says humble brag when I tell them this. But right, there's nothing attractive <laughs> about a, a tight vagina. It means, you're, it means you're not wet, not ready, not wanting. You know, it's like like an angry vagina but basically I think what did it was the woman right before she inseminated me she said to me now we can't use lube because it kills the sperm and she had the plastic speculum and I thought ow you're gonna push a pointy plastic sharp thing into me dry I never knew that and I wish she hadn't said it because I think it just tightened my whole body up I think I was it was a nerve thing I think I was tense that's the word tense my muscles it probably mentally put you in the wrong place oh absolutely did if someone says right I'm coming in now you know uninvited with no lube and going in dry what are you going to do you're going to tense up because you're going to think that's going to hurt yeah Yeah. not the um, right thing to say I'm so tense and um she couldn't get... So I asked for the smallest speculum, mm. which I always do with, with like smears or whatever. And she was like, yeah, it's not going in. I'm going to have to get a bigger one. I was oh like, why God. are you getting a bigger one if this one's not going yeah. in? That didn't go in. So then she was like, I'm going to get a metal one, which looked really long. I saw it. It looked like it looked like a big metal shiwi. Like That's something from Terminator like. It had a big too. long funnel, like, mm. a, like a cooking utensil that professionals use in a chef's kitchen. A master chef. And I was, yeah. Mm. And I was like... Oh my god! Like this is so horrible. But the metal one, much easier. Straight in. Yeah, she said she put water on it. Okay. Yeah, I was like, fine. <laughs> I don't know. It's really, and it was like quite. It was quite scary because it totally depends on your mindset. Because like there was this big light, um, like it was like. Like you've been abducted. It was like a horror movie. Yeah, say you've been abducted. That's like a and like say your nightmare was involving like hospitals and stuff, right? There's this huge light over me. She was like trying to poke things into me. I was very tense. It was quite painful. Right. And also, because she was using metal, the sounds oh. were like knives oh. sharpening. I couldn't see what's going on because you've got like a blanket over your legs. So you could just see kind of her in a mask, like in surgical gear with this light and like knives. And then it hurts. Well, I think it sounds quite romantic. Ah! Um, so that was your first experience. Tell me about your yeah. second experience. Oh, wait. Experience. So okay. my first experience, I had something else that you didn't have as well. So I got really bad cramping. And apparently it's oh, very yeah. normal because they put... So they open you up with the speculum. Then they put the catheter all the way through your cervix into your womb and put sperm into your womb. Now, some people, you didn't ever I have I don't it. ever feel that. But um, some people cramp immediately. Like your body's responding like, what the hell is in my womb? Get out. It's a foreign object, right? And it cramps. Mm. Some people have it after. I had it after and all the way home and then at home it was such terrible cramping right. I cramped for about two days and I was worried that it was cramping the sperm out right but it's, it wasn't see I cramp in my bum hole honestly when something goes through my cervix I, I'm not even joking no, I, I, I had bum contractions when I had a miscarriage right no I get it for about 48 hours I rang my mum like mum I don't know what's going on like I don't think I'm miscarrying anymore I've only got anal cramp and she was like oh Rose I, I'm sorry I actually think those are contractions and I was like oh so my second time with IUI it was just the same it was like really tight I bled oh can I tell you something that happened as well it's really funny I didn't even like know about this but um she went to put the catheter in and she went oh um your cervix hole has gone it's disappeared and I was like oh my god where's it gone 
down the sofa. I said, left the room. Like, should we check? She was like, yeah. Um, she was like, sometimes this happens. You know, sometimes you put something in the vagina and in response, it just closes, right? Like, like panics and closes. And she was like, yeah, um, it's just a case of being patient. Like, it's like fishing, really. You just got to catch it when it opens. And I was like, what the hell? That is not so what fishing to, is. Yeah, so I should just lay there with the speculum opening me. And um, it, it, some time went past and I actually relaxed. And then she went, it was when I relaxed, and she went, there it is, and like poked, poked it oh through. Oh my God, that's And I bled, horrible. I bled. She said oh, I bled, but lovely. that's fine, that's fine. It's not, she didn't do anything wrong. Like some people just, she said some people just bleed if you just touch them there. Because think about it, not many people are touching your cervix, guys, or right. poking things through it. No, um, not yeah. a daily basis. So anyway. she was like, it's perfectly normal. It's not coming from your womb, like blah, blah, So yeah, so that was weird. My hole closed up. I was like, okay, why am I such a like, not letting this happen? Like, why am I barriers so up um, by now? And then... Once again, as usual with us, we got given contradictory advice. So the first time I had IUI, I said to the nurse, oh, I've been going running. Can I run? And she said, no, don't run for three days. Don't have a bath for three days and don't run for three days. And then uh, the second time, a different nurse said, I said, oh, they told me not to run for three days. And she was like, no, carry on exercise is normal. You can run. <laughs> so I mean, I'm like... Those two pieces of information are the exact opposite. Like, what, what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to run? Am I supposed to not? So Rose was like, don't run, don't risk it. Just don't risk it. But it's like... Because you spend so much money, like, why would What's I risk the point it? for a run? Then someone else, yeah, for a run. I could just run later. But, yeah. what, but... Oh, it I is know. annoying. It's annoying. It's so annoying. I just wish someone can invent a, a lube that sperm likes. They said they <laughs> like my cervical mucus, which was great. She was, nice. They kept saying, great cervical mucus. And then mm. at the end, she filled in this form. Yeah. Uh, and she was like, cervical mucus, plus, plus, plus. Wow. I was like, go me. So if That's you, a pickup line, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, was that like, to, I said that you. to you on our first date, didn't I? I was yeah, like, great well cervical done. mucus. Love the cervical mucus. Yeah. So if you don't know about the cervical mucus, which I didn't, I was like, why does it, I was like, why does it help when before I get inseminated, you wash my cervix of mucus? So yeah. why are you washing it away if it's good? Yeah. She was like, we just wash it to go through. But she was like, basically, the cervical mucus creates like slip streams for the sperm to swim up. That's amazing. And so it helps them swim up. So it pulls them up. Yeah, yeah. And um, makes it easier for them. So they were like, great. And then <laughs> another thing I recently learned off TikTok, so of who course. knows if it's true. But this guy said, oh, we've always learned that the strong sperm swims up to the egg and it's like the fastest, best sperm gets there first and that's the make creates the baby with the egg. Right. But actually he was like, did you know that your egg secretes ketones mm -hmm. and that acts like a magnet and it attracts the sperm? It draws them. I'm not saying the sperm don't also swim. Right, they right. do. But, but it's it helps. both of them do right. work. So to try and help that, I'm trying to be keto and get myself in ketosis right. to create more ketones to attract that sperm mm. up my slippery mucus line. Lovely. Make a baby. It's funny you should say that because my mum has been doing a lot of reading up on polycystic ovary syndrome and apparently having a keto diet does help with yeah. symptoms of polycystic ovaries. So I'm also going to try it, see, see where we're at. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Yeah. So where does that leave us? Well, I actually had this idea a few months ago that I didn't put towards Rosie because I thought, oh, she might not like this idea because we always agreed that I'd have like three tries and then Rosie would have three tries with our last remaining sperm straws. But I thought to myself, well, isn't it convenient that our cycles are not synced up right now? Yeah. It actually, so it's like we realised that it actually works. Well, Rose did. Uh, she's got a six-week cycle. I've got a four-week cycle. And it means that if I'm not pregnant this time, literally like a week later, Rose can try. Right. Rose was worried about telling me this and I guess she didn't want to come in and act like she was taking my goes but she's not. We'd still 
it would just speed up the process. It would, it would speed mean up. The, yeah, but it would also mean that if you're not pregnant this time round and I get pregnant next month, well, this month, actually, yeah. then I would be pregnant and you'd have to maybe wait a year or two to yeah, have but, a baby. But but you're cool with that. No, but I am cool with that because okay. I always wanted you to have a baby. I want your baby. Right, and I, I want, want my baby. baby. I want your baby. Right, <laughs> and so that doesn't matter. And also, it, it, when you first started trying, if you'd have got pregnant, I would have had to wait like a year for you so, to give birth and stuff. Yeah. This is a crazy way to leave the season. The fact that Rosie might be pregnant right now, but if she's not, a, a week later, a week later, I'm going to go and get inseminated, and we'll just have to see who gets pregnant first. Right, so it's like it's like pregnancy roulette. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm really excited to leave it this way. Um, it, honestly, I'm so happy because it's took the pressure off me. If you find out you're not pregnant, obviously it's disappointing anyway because you know you're desperate for a child. It's costing money. You know, more times going by not being pregnant. Right. But it means instead of having to wait ages, going through your period like hating it that you're having your period and waiting for your next ovulation cycle it can be like I'm not pregnant ah but Rose might be right who knows you get your hopes up again right but you, don't, you don't have as long to wait yeah know? it's more optimism for me and okay. that's double the chance right because there's two of us yes it also excites me because you've been pregnant before yeah you are fertile yeah I, I'm supposed to be fertile but you know I know you've been pregnant so oh my god we just have to make sure that it doesn't overlap so that we don't both get pregnant at the same time because what an outcome that would be I mean I mean it would make for great content great content yeah, yeah. and that's what's important we would be a nine if our relationship could survive us each being pregnant at the same time together in the same house working <laughs> together pregnant together I don't know we're you know I don't It'd know be a testament to our strength yeah absolutely so I think the best way to end this episode is to check out the hashtag RoseandRosiePG and see what you guys have been saying. Mercedes says... It's I'm... the best podcast I've ever <laughs> listened to. Go on, go on. People do say that. <laughs> um, I'm trying an IVF after three failed attempts of IUI. Okay. And honestly, it's quite frustrating knowing that your body is perfect to go and it doesn't happen as you expect to. I can relate with everything that you're going through. Oh, it's so it nice hard. that people can relate because what? Yeah, what's annoying is, same with Rose, what happened with Rose and her IUI. They scan me, they say your egg's perfect, nice juicy egg, your wound lining's nice and thick oh. for, the, um, for the embryo to implant into all oh, your cervical mucus is so lush such sexy so talk and it's like yeah. why isn't it working then yeah it's that one thing isn't it in it? your it's womb not being able to control the outcome kills me because I'm a control freak so mm. Mercedes I relate Shelby says quote it's my a quote of me I'll carry your baby one day oh my heart do you yeah. want to carry my baby ever I'd get <laughs> Of Why course. didn't you offer it first? No, I absolutely would. That's a really good question, actually, because I have never offered to carry your baby. Not because I would never do that or wouldn't want to, just because I assume with polycystic ovaries, if anyone had to egg swap... You'd worry it, about the it, eggs. And... No, no, yeah, maybe I'd be worried that my environment wasn't totally yeah. right. And also, you know, there's probably no reason for me to carry your egg unless mm. that's something that we chose to do because for some reason we wanted to. Yeah. Nothing like medically. Whereas I feel like... If you carried my egg, it would be for more of a medical reason yeah. than a choice. Because totally agree. Do, do, do you know what I yeah. mean? So we're cool. Yeah, right? we're cool. Yeah, okay, we're cool. Yeah, we're cool. cool. <laughs> so Les Protec says, uh, Rose fighting for what she truly wants, knowing that it's her body and Rosie unwaveringly supporting her through it. Oh, that's cute. I was really proud of myself when so I marched back I. in. I was I'm proud really of was. you. So proud of you. Because we're both the type of people that always shut up. Like, I for know. example, in a restaurant, if someone brings us cold food or the wrong order, we just have it. We'll just thank them. So many people, I, I order a coffee with or tea with no milk because I don't drink dairy yeah and uh they'll give me a dairy one i'm like thank you <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was happy with myself well this is a good one 
someone called Immy says, to clear up the MOT debate, MOT number is how many million motile sperm per one milliliter. So it's both. It's how many and the motility. Right, okay. How many motile. I love how we're learning this now at the end of the season. Right, from, from someone on Twitter as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not from a professional. I've heard that MOT 30 is a con because the sperm is already such elite quality versus average fresh sperm and only takes one. So don't bother wasting your money on anything higher than MOT 10. That's really interesting because I heard that too and I've got a few family members who adamantly believe that the whole MOT situation is a bit of bullshit yeah. to make you pay more for different types of straws. That's and I, I kind of am tempted to believe there might be some truth in that. But Go on. the first time you got pregnant was MOT 20. Yes. And all the times we haven't got pregnant is MOT 10. Yes, that's also true. So but I did try MOT 20 on my second, but I think I had a chemical pregnancy. But that would have been a pregnancy. Mm. That didn't that, that just failed to stick. Interesting. Okay. All okay. right. Okay. So that's interesting. True. But I I don't know if they could legally just bullshit about the mop. But it does. It is a worry because how can you ever believe anything? You know. I how worry, do you know it's even? How do you sperm? know it's that mop? Like how do you know that you don't pay more money? And they're like, look at this beautiful mop thirty, yeah. and actually it's a mop five. What's who's who's, who's to say exactly? That you that, and, and wouldn't it be in their interest to give you bad mots so you keep buying? <laughs> well, yeah. Mot. I mean, if you want to cynically look at the world like that. Yeah, but I mean, I'm not a cynic. I am. But 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 <laughs> for the cynics out there, that's yep. what they'd say. Someone called Something With An M says, Listening to Rose and Rosie PG made me respect them so much more as people. I already did. But I like that they touch more serious topics and discuss their opinions on that. The podcast has a different vibe that I quite enjoy. Nice. Oh, good. I'm glad. I'm good. glad they like well, it. Well, you know, I really like the fact that we can just talk about things more in depth. You know, I think it's more of a long form media that we yeah. can just go on and on, and then also, and we, I feel like in a podcast you're more talking in someone's ear rather than and speaking to an audience like a crowd. YouTube feels like yeah. talking to a crowd, which I like. It's I like, like it's different vibe. It's like though, a isn't gig. It? It's the only I'm not vibe. you know being sick and getting stage fright beforehand, but, <laughs> but yeah, it's a, it is a different vibe. I agree. Uh, plain old me says. Damn, Roxetta is really asking good questions in the new episode. I'm exactly like Roselle and Dix. I had total issues with being stereotypically girly and it gave me so many problems growing up. Quote, the idea of wearing a dress made my heart stink. It stink! <laughs> <laughs> made my heart stink. <laughs> made my heart stink is still me today. Right, okay. Well, what, make... what makes my heart stink right. is the fact that... Um, no, honestly. That that episode about um, gender, gender. Um, conformity, actually... That, I feel like it was a people... A crowd pleaser. It, it was. I think it, it, it really um, resonated, resonated with, with a lot of people. And I'm really glad that it did. And I'm really glad that it gave me, personally, the opportunity to talk about my experiences growing mm -hmm. up. Ones that I always carried shame you yeah. know, about, you know. Oh my God, people need to let go of the shame. Do you know, if people didn't shame each other, then maybe people would have less shame. How about that? That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I really wish we could all just let go. Like, say say you don't ever want to wear a dress. Who cares? Who cares? I don't care. I don't care either. No one cares. But I did growing up and that's the point, you know? Yeah. But I'm really glad that so many people relate to that because there is this element of, oh, I'm not really stereotypically girly. So, you know, am I, am I like, how do I exist in this world? You know, and it's like, that makes you feel so shit. And I'm so glad things are changing. You felt that people judged you for wanting to be the mother because you don't look like a typical mother, didn't you? As in, yeah, like not maybe. I think. Well, obviously, everyone assumed that you would carry first. Yeah. Why is that? Because I'm obviously well, yes. I girly in quotes I did also bang on for years about make a baby with me I want uh, a yeah, baby that's right like I did yeah, harp you, on about you it you did do that uh, Brittany Stacy says or Brittany Stacy says 
When Rose said, quote, whenever I went around to my friends' houses who had kids, I was like, oh, this is fun for like two hours, but I'm excited to go home on my own. I felt that. Hmm, that's true. I mean, I still feel like that. But the thing is, I think it's actually like that to everyone, even parents, when they're not your kids. Yeah. And probably it's the same with your kids. Yeah. You know, you're probably like, give me a break. But, um, you know, we always they're not your kids, you know. We, we walk dogs and we're like, oh, okay. So if we actually had a baby now... Like how how would we do this? Like we've got you know we've got animals we've got we've got responsibilities. Where does the baby fit in? Yeah. It's something we're going to navigate and panic over if and when it happens. I think people are right when they say you can't plan for it. Like you just can't. You even can't. though you can imagine what it's going to be like. I think you, you just... fall into a routine. Mm-hmm. It's it's even like when we got Woody, we're like, okay, well this is essentially our little baby at the moment. How how are we going to do this? And um, you just you just naturally adapt and fall into a routine. Sarah says. Rosie talking about how sexy she finds breast milk and Rose just dead laughing is the God tier content I signed up for, Rose and Rosie PG. Glad you liked it. Um, Yeah, I mean, I did think the other day, oh, I told everyone on a podcast that I have a breast milk fetish. You told my mum and dad as well because they listened to it. They listened to it. And haven't listened to any since. No. Well, that was a good way to put it, wasn't it? Yeah, and your dad talked to me about it. I'm joking. They love the podcast. talked to me about it on my own in the kitchen. really? And he was like, I was listening to the podcast and it was the first episode and I knew that I spoke about breast milk, obviously, and I was like, Okay. And what did he say? And he was like, yeah, I stopped listening after a certain bit. And I was like, <gasps> <gasps> oh, that's horrible. And you know, do you know what was happening? He's only I was teasing. pouring milk into tea <laughs> while we discussed it. And I was frothing his cappuccino. <laughs> With my machine. Cool. Um, Charlotte says, at Roxetera, that's me, talking about how she is nervous that she has to teach her kids everything. While she has taught me and so many more people about loving yourself, healing, and lots of off-the-wall facts, I think you and Rose Ellen Dix will be amazing mums. Rose, Rose, PG. Oh, that's so sweet. That's lovely. That's so sweet and true. <laughs> oh, I like that, the random stuff that I might have taught people. Brittany Stacy again says, What will my Mondays be like after this? Can season two come soon, please? I want a season two and I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to season two. I think that we can say now that at the end of season one that there will be a season two. But what will a season two bring us, Rosie? What will it bring That's us? That's the question. And the time in between, who knows? Oh, it's exciting, isn't it? I think by season two, by the time we start recording, um, hopefully we'll have a be pregnant or we'll be on a different method. What and, a cliffhanger. Yeah, and so we'll have either started IVF, be pregnant, or uh, maybe bought some different sperm. I don't, I don't know. I, We're doing honestly, something different. I can't two. predict what's going to happen, which is why everyone should tune in. <laughs> So Rose and I just wanted to say that we're really, really grateful for this podcast. It's been a really safe place uh, for us to vent, talk about everything, talk to you, hear what your thoughts are. And it's just been fantastic. And we wanted to thank everyone who's worked on it. So thank you to Avinash Kala, to Michelle Agdemar, Sarah Sharp, Chris McLean, Jess Seri and Linda Blacker. And of course, Rachel Simpson, James Cater and Julia McKenzie and our gorgeous producer, Leila Navabi. Of course. And also all of you for listening. Thank you so much. I'm and so our glad. Guests. And our guests. Everyone who's been on. We our love special you special guests. Thank you for being on our podcast. We really appreciate it. So I guess there's nothing left to say, but see you in series two. Ah! Rose and Rosie Parental Guidance is a Spotify original from BBC Studios. The producer is Leila Navabi and executive producer is Julia McKenzie. For Spotify, the executive producers are Rachel Simpson and James Cater. To never miss an episode, make sure you're following Rose and Rosie Parental Guidance on Spotify and join in the conversation by using the hashtag Rose and Rosie PG. See you next time. <laughs>